Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very good, yeah. Ah, I did it! I'm doing very well. We had an extensive conversation about this before we came on air. Yeah, I used the um, the Thirty Rock line. Superman does well. No, Superman does good. (laughs) (laughs) The line. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Yes, we are doing another one of our esoteric devices episodes. Ah, This is so exciting. We've got this big sheaf of new cards to look at, Frank. Um, so yep. what we're doing is we're, we're rubbing our hands together. We're diving into the, this this huge pile of cards in the game. And we're going to talk about... Infighting. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why are we talking about infighting in particular? Well, so what we've started doing with esoteric devices is letting patrons of the cast vote. For, we put some cards in front of them and they vote for the cards they'd like to hear us talk about. And we're using esoteric devices a little bit like we're announcing a card and giving it that same attention and love that we would do for a card announcement, but doing it for cards that maybe have been neglected or ignored or sometimes just that we feel we've not really cracked. So like our Vermis Mysterious episode was kind of all about that, right? It was like, how do you actually make this work? And patrons were offered infighting from a choice of other cards and they voted for infighting so maybe our toughest challenge to date was to crack the nut that is infighting interestingly we had a chat before we started and we didn't really talk about the card that much to be honest Mm. but you made a comment which made me think that mr frank always got an open mind uh that's not Mm. your full name i've just added that last bit thank you uh you made a comment which made me think you you hate it (laughs) And actually, okay. when, when I was looking at the card again last night, I thought, hmm, maybe it's not that bad. So I don't know whether there's been a twist of opinion here, or maybe we're going to convince each other uh, of the other one's opinion or talk ourselves out of using it. I don't know. I'm quite excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. I mean, let's just tee things up a little bit cheekily and just read some of the reviews of this card on ArkhamDB. Obviously, that's not, you know consensus opinion but just to get a sense of what the community reaction is the top review baffling card it's literally so bad that words can barely describe it (laughs) ouch (laughs) next review cost three xp don't work on elites don't work on allies does not have any wild icons so this card can still be useless during some games (laughs) yeah yeah seems too situational expensive to be worthwhile the icons are good but i don't think i would pay for this in any deck (laughs) and then the final review this card gets panned for good reason so i've I've not i've been a bit selective there you can go and look at all the reviews there aren't that many but there's some pretty strong opinion there aimed at this card so i suppose next thing we should do is read the card and then we'll see whether we want to fall in line with that opinion or whether we want to swim against that tide yeah should i read it please do Okay, we've got infighting. It is a... Imagine if that's how we started uh, when we got a, sent a card by FFG to, to spoil, by the way. Before we what? started, we said, this card, I can't see myself ever playing this card. Baffling card. It's literally so bad that words can barely describe it. <laughs> end, Listen to our 40-minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, we've got uh, infighting. It is a one-cost event. It's three XP. It has two intellect icons and two agility icons. 
and it has the trick trait. Uh, and it says, fast, play after the enemy phase begins. Cancel all attacks made by non-elite enemies against you this phase. Mm-hmm. So where do we start, Frank? Do we start yeah. with who can who can take it? That's that's a good a good place to start. This yeah, is a, 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 a Frank, a classic Frank opener. I'm glad you say where do we start because one of the things I was thinking about with this card is that it's a really useful card for reminding us of how we evaluate cards, and by we I mean any player. And so yeah, who can take it is a nice place to start. It's it's pretty limited. It's basically main class survivors, mm-hmm. and then Lola because it's three XP, mm-hmm. and Daniela, who's new in Edge of the Earth, because she's a survivor, even though she looks like a guardian. Yeah. I'd... So yeah. So that's what Wendy, uh, Yorick, Stella, Rita, Patrice, Ashcampete, Calvin, Silas. Interestingly, D- Daniela maybe becomes one of the main people who is a prime candidate for liking the card, right? Mm-hmm. For a couple of reasons, I think we can maybe come on to. Yeah. What other options have we got for cancelling attacks? That's that's I think, maybe the best thing. If we can get a benchmark for what an attack cancel looks like, uh, I think we're going to start to be in a good place. And for me, the really the, the prime cancel and attack card is dodge. It's a really straightforward, one cost, cancel and attack. Zero XP. Yep. Yeah, you know, obviously fast play after the. I think it's a play after the enemy attacks, but it's an investigator at your location, and it can be played in any phase. That's right. Yeah. So, w- when we're looking at infighting, if infighting is cancelling a single attack, you're paying the same amount of money, but an extra three XP to cancel an attack, which which has to happen in the enemy phase, and can only be targeting you, and can only come from a non-elite enemy. So three, I would say, drawbacks on dodge straight away. The XP, the the time limitation, and... No, four drawbacks. Yeah. The type of enemy yeah. and the target of the attack has to be you. That led me then creatively to think, so you really want to be cancelling more than one attack with this card for it to be worthwhile. Yes. And we could probably then argue about how many attacks is the right number of attacks to cancel... To, to sort of justify it. And I could see that some people would see the number of restrictions pasted on this card when it's compared with dodge and just say it's never going to be worth it. And maybe it's a risky card for a player like me because I like to go to those best case scenarios of, well, hang on, what if I have four enemies on me and they're all non-elite? I could just cancel everything. And I think even when, when I first looked the card, I had to talk myself down and say, I just don't think... I would actually ever be in that situation. Well, I, I think it very much depends on it, it, it's it's dependent a lot on your campaign and scenario makeup. Mm-hmm. Reading it again, and, and I must admit, it's been quite a while since I looked at this card because it's back in Carcosa, right? Yeah, Dim yeah. Carcosa. Swarm or swarming is a keyword we've had since this card came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that, you've got a lot of smaller enemies that are going to be attacking you altogether, which makes dodge far less appealing to be taking in that circumstance. So yeah. if you're fighting any swarming enemies at all, infighting suddenly kind of jumps up in currency. The argument at that point to me would be, are you better off not taking something that can just take the enemy out of the fight in a different way? So an auto evade. Mm-hmm. Um, is that not going to be better than dodging all their attacks? Yeah. 
Because you evade one swarming enemy, you evade, you evade them all. So rather than taking a 3 XP ultra dodge, you could just take a, a 0 XP evade yeah. in some way and not worry about trying to get more dodges when evasion yeah, works there. And I think infighting is adjacent to something we've been discussing a fair amount recently on the cast, that idea of someone tanking for the team and maybe, you know, last action engaging an enemy off someone else. And historically, I'd say that the way we try to play is that by the end of the investigation phase, any enemies that need dealing with are dealt with. Yeah. But there there are sometimes situations where you are working out, well, look, someone is going to have to take a hit in the enemy phase. Who's it going to be? How do we navigate that? And, you know, it might mean that someone spends an action, like last action, I'll engage this enemy off you so you get a full turn. Yes, I will take a damage and horror in the enemy phase, but then I'm, you know, the high agility character, so I'll be evading next turn anyway. So just leave them on me. And I think Daniela, you mentioned earlier, plays into that style. Absolutely. When she gets hit in the enemy phase, she gets to deal damage or evade back. So she, more than pretty much anyone else, might quite like to take enemies onto her. I mean, I think the other prime candidates here are Zoe, Tommy, and Yorick, who also have reasons that they might want to be soaking hits. Yeah. Although, of course, none of them can take... Uh, Yorick can take this, but... Yorick can. Zoe, yeah. Zoe, Zoe and, and Tommy can't. Yeah. I was just thinking that, actually. And I, and I think the the thing it maybe combos with is someone who wants to engage enemies, or someone who takes cards that engages enemies, which mm-hmm. is often positioned in the Guardian colour pie. So maybe we, we, we think that this card particularly effective in maybe Yorick or uh, Daniela. Yeah. And we've talked before about Daniela with, you know, Heroic Rescue or Let Me Handle This or... Get Behind Me. Get Behind Me, Taunt. Lots of new names for cards to remember. Yeah, Get Behind Me you can play during any free trigger window until the end of the phase whenever an enemy would attack another investigator, they attack you instead and then engage you. So let me think about the timing here. You play infighting at the start of the enemy phase. Cancel all attacks made by non-elite enemies against you this phase. If you then play Get Behind Me, yeah, their attacks go against you instead. Yeah. So you'd kind of do a double cancel, basically. Interesting little sort of one-two combo there. Yeah, I think that's that's quite nice. Um, I'm slightly wary of two-card combos in Arkham. Hmm. Rather, sorry, um, I'll, I'll I'll reframe that. Two card event combos, mm, yeah, um, with with, yeah. A, with an asset and, and an event. Uh, I think you, you know you can get the asset in play uh, and leave it in play, and it's giving you a benefit. Then you can play the event. Get behind me is arguably useful in itself. In fighting, yes. maybe less yeah. so. Yeah. The point I was going to make with Daniela is that while Daniela can take dodge, can't take level two dodge. Mm-hmm. So if she wants to take essentially an upgraded dodge, then she's uh, she doesn't have anywhere to go. Infighting is maybe yeah. an option for that. However, that's you're falling into a trap of you're upgrading your. Well, that actually doesn't matter. No, no, sorry, I'm getting mixed up there. You're not upgrading a level zero survivor card. You're playing a level zero guardian card, which is different. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say you're falling into a trap of upgrading a good, generally useful with sort of wide application card. Yeah into a card that does the same, but with more restrictions. Potentially, you could make the argument in Daniela that 
the the option to evade outside of the enemy phase is the useful part because yeah. her ability triggers or well, well, won't trigger from say attacks of opportunity you provoke so those yeah. are the kind of attacks you might want to dodge is attacks of opportunity mm. her ability still triggers even if the attack is cancelled yes yes so you if you're just worried about health and sanity you could take all the enemies on you play in fighting in the enemy phase and they all don't hit you but you still deal the damage to all of them yeah, just, uh, i love the idea of all these enemies like fighting amongst themselves and daniel's just like bunker them all on the head with a wrench as they yeah. do <laughs> <laughs> yeah stop hitting yourself sort of thing you mentioned swarm enemies i think that's a really good shout that this card really even the art pictures being swarmed by enemies even back in the core set there's that cultist drop in devara below where if you've done not particularly well in midnight masks at the main path you're suddenly going to get a bunch of cultists and so there is and they're all non-elite apart from the masked hunter so there is, even from the core set, a situation, admittedly a very specific situation, but a situation where, as a team, you need to work out how are we going to deal with three or four enemies turning up, depending on how you've done in Midnight Masks, it could be zero. Um, and and what will we do with those hits? Can we kill, can we chew through that amount of health quickly enough? And I was thinking as well, there's a similar thing in Knight's Usurper in Guardians of the Abyss, where suddenly all of the cultists from Eternal Slumber turn up and start causing problems. Yeah. So there are moments where you get some enemies turning up in a, in a kind of clump. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I was going to say they're few and far between. It's maybe more just that our focus hasn't been looking for those situations because one of the ways that one might play is to try and control what enemies you have so that you don't have that situation happen and then the other thing now this i did have this in mind but i want to credit that one of the reviews mentioned that this came out when we knew the forgotten age was going to come out yeah and we knew that there was going to be vengeance but we didn't know what vengeance enemies were like yeah and one of the reviews points out like maybe we want more cards like this because you don't want to kill vengeance enemies yeah which i think is a really cool observation i don't think the forgotten age really saw that out but Return to the Forgotten Age has not one but two situations where you can get dumped on by lots of enemies. Yeah. The first is your best friend, the Vengeful Serpent. I know, that guy. Oh, suddenly drawing guy. three of them, two from the victory display and one off the top of the deck. You're suddenly in a situation where you do need a triple dodge, potentially. Um, particularly if you like explore last action and it's a Vengeful Serpent that's been shuffled into the Exploration deck, and yeah. you've already killed two, yeah. you're like, oh no, what do I do with this? That's three damage and three horror that this would block. And then the other option, and we're going there, Peter. Yeah, so yeah I know where you're going. <laughs> Traumatic <laughs> memories, yeah. <laughs> An actual yeah. pit of snakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, that stops you from getting poisoned, which is one of the worst things that can happen to you. Yeah, you're not worried about the damage there, you're worried about the extra effects that come with the attacks. Yeah. There's maybe something there to keep an eye out for any attacks that do things other than damage and horror. And obviously attack cancellation becomes more important then as well. Uh, I don't think there's there's not many people who make you discard an asset or things like that when they hit you, are there? 
it shows to me that what this really illustrates is my approach is so much about avoiding attacks in the enemy phase as best I can, whether by killing or evading enemies in the investigation phase, that I don't feel like I have lots of enemies that spring to mind where I'm like, oh, and if they hit you, they do X or Y as well. So the other thing that comes to mind for me on this is, is there an argument that this card helps an investigator who evades lots of enemies, doesn't deal with them in any other way? So Mm. potentially has got a stack of enemies. And if they've been jammed up in a way that they've ended up engaged with a lot of enemies for whatever reason and need to escape escape through them, this gives Mm. them an extra turn of evasion in order to do that. So I'm picturing like the hunter death ball that you've slowly been leaving behind. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And then you've failed to stay a step ahead. And rather than being like, I need to leave this location this turn... You say, no, 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 I'll stay, I'll get the clue that I failed to get. Three enemies are going to hunt in and hit me, and then I'll, but I'll play in fighting so none of them will hit me. Any situation where you've got that ball of enemies that have been slowly making, making their way towards you. I'll tell you what, like some, in something like Horror in High Gear, yeah. you know, you, know yeah. you have a bad turn and suddenly you, a big load of enemies have just caught up with you yeah. because you haven't, you haven't got any ranged attacks, as it were, to be able to deal with them as they move towards you. And you don't want to drive the car yeah, backwards you, to go and deal. Yeah. Exactly. Or, or you've been, um, you've left that thing that follows. <laughs> the same thing that always happens. When I was going to say that, yeah. That, that uh, two, more, two more enemies turn up on the same turn. It's never a problem until it's a major problem. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. You know, basic weakness enemies are one of the situations for me where you might end up with more than one enemy on the board. Because you can't necessarily plan, you know, you you draw a basic weakness in upkeep and then Mythos, you draw another enemy and you're like, I'm suddenly I'm enemy flooded here. I'm on two enemies and the encounter deck shouldn't be able to do that to me in solo. But sometimes it does. So, yeah, that's it's possible. Unfortunately, you can't use infighting to then cancel some attacks of opportunity and crack on, which is a shame. It would be nice if it also cancelled attacks of opportunity. But I really like your point about the evader because look at those icons. Double intellect, double agility doesn't scream for me. Those are the the anti-Daniela stats, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So if you're taking this as Daniela, you're not like, oh, and if the situation doesn't arise, at least I'll be able to, I mean, you investigate at a three or evade at a four, then it's not. Yeah. It's nothing to write home about. She's got, she's got an evasion built in really, hasn't she? Yes, she has. Yeah. So she's not necessarily interested in this in, in the icons unless there's like just the odd treachery that's popped up that she, she wants to chuck some icons into. So instead, if you're taking this in, say, Wendy or Rita. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Say, say, say Rita. Yeah. Because at that point, if you do have an elite enemy in the mix, you can focus your evasion on that and not worry about the other enemies. Mm, mm. So this is a sort of safety net for if your running runs out and you, they do catch up with you. You've been using, I don't know, whatever, your bait and switches and your track shoes to keep, keep ahead of enemies and run past them. But then at a certain point you're like, ah, it's actually going to take me quite a lot of actions to go back and evade all of these enemies again. I'll just let them come to me and then I'll avoid the enemy phase hell <laughs> and then start <laughs> splitting them up by doing like evade and use my ability to move, evade again, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, I I can see that. The other thing I'd add is that when this came out, this was the highest 
XP survivor card. It was in a band with other. This was this was it. This was the creme de la creme for survivor. <laughs> was XP. it? Wow. <laughs> yeah, with you know, will to survive and other three XP cards we'd had up until that point. And I went and looked at survivor three XP cards, and it is fascinating to to look and see what other abilities arrive at three XP because we've got, for instance, you catastrophe and granny orn level three uh we've got lucky level three we've got the nothing left to lose so there are some like pretty potent level three cards even rabbit's foot level three is is pretty powerful yeah and i think looking at it in that pool it also is maybe its specificity is something that is a mark against it you know you you look you compare it say with will to survive will to survive early on was just such an amazing card for Survivor because you just had that mega turn that it allowed you to do so many things and it allowed you to do things you shouldn't be able to do as Survivor. Whereas I don't know if infighting is like necessarily giving me that. I don't know if I'm making a particularly strong point here, but if Survivor are going to have cards that allow them to do things they shouldn't be able to do, like Lucky pass a test they shouldn't be passing infighting seems so specific that it doesn't it's not it's not quite a dodge all attacks for the turn is it it's dodge all attacks for one phase yeah yeah you had a a big list of cards you want to compare it to but we've only really looked at a couple do do you want to dig out Mm. any of the other ones and we can maybe just have a discussion about how they compare yeah well you've touched on dodge and get behind me and i also pulled up something like you know do we have things in other factions that dodge attacks? And so we do have Hypnotic Gaze in Mystic. It's quite interesting to compare them because that's a three-cost event that cancels an attack. But like dodge, it can be in any phase and it can be any investigator at your location. Yes. So that's striking to me as well, just for, again, I think why people might be down on infighting. I must admit, I've, I've not had a great experience using Hypnotic Gaze myself. Right, so that's a level zero card that people aren't taking, so they're going to spend three XP for a more limited version. Exactly. I I think that the problem I have with Hypnotic Gaze is probably the cost, to be honest. Yeah. Don't necessarily think it's a bad effect. It's just, it's very expensive. And I I never had a chance to play with it in Jackie, who who might get a bit more Mm. use out of it in trying to trigger the, the special ability there. Properly go fishing, yeah. I also, looking at that 3XP survivor list, I reminded myself of Aquina, the Forgotten Daughter, yeah, who have run very happily in Yorick. So her reaction ability is when an enemy attacks you, exhaust Aquina and deal one horror to her, deal that enemy's damage to any enemy at your location instead. You still take horror dealt by the attack. So for me, there's something coming up about get behind me, Aquina, maybe infighting, Maybe an investigator who's using enemies against them, doing a lot of tanking. Yeah, and I mean, you're and I think describing Daniela. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Daniela and Yorick is the like you know you've got your leather coats and your keepsakes. Yeah, for any excess damage and horror. And I've played Aquina before in Yorick, really happily. Yeah, because you know it's the thing that I was spending my resources on, and I think it's a really potent ability at level three, and it's really fun. Like getting enemies to hit each other is really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, people have been talking about Aquina a lot in in Daniela decks. Um, and, yes, and yeah. I still haven't a chance to play Daniela uh, yet, mm. so I'm in, I'm I'm 
holding judgment on it. Um, mm-hmm. Whether there's other survivor uh, allies that fit in that slot better, I don't know. But certainly, like it, it's you know making all the right noises for a combination with with Daniel's ability, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And because it can deal the damage to any enemy at your location, the level three one, the level three one, that means that plus Daniela is is one damage plus the enemy's damage. Yeah. Which ah oh, yeah, so that starts to get pretty good. You yeah. Know, two health enemies like a you know a ghoul minion, the Daniela plus its own damage kills itself. So yeah, again, it's the stop hitting yourself. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then I also pointed out as well, just in my sort of investigations, there are other cancels in, you know, Survivor do actually have a lot of cancellation, whether that's test of will or more fittingly here, devil's luck or perseverance. So there are ways of cancelling just damage or horror rather than attacks. I suppose the difference between devil's luck and perseverance and infighting is that if you're going to get hit by lots of things infighting is going to be better but if you're only going to be hit by one beefy enemy devil's luck and in, uh, and perseverance are going to be your go-to so m- maybe it's somewhat dependent on campaign as well absolutely yeah in. and of course infighting won't work on an elite enemy um if an elite yeah. enemy is going to kill you then uh, perseverance and um, and devil's luck will will stop you from dying um, infighting is going to do jack all in that situation. Mm. Well, you had a card as well that you were wondering about. Yeah, well, I, I sort of changed my mind thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> I, I think uh, I'd meant one of the cards I mentioned was on the lamb, and mm. sort of comparable to on the lamb in my head is scout ahead. I'll add mm. that I think the number of times I played on the lamb for the effect versus committing it is probably pretty minimal. And <laughs> mm. um, we were playing. Um, Slice and Dice last night on stream. Yeah. And it had that ability where you could see how many times you'd picked a particular upgrade. And <laughs> yeah. you could go and see, oh, I've picked this, you know, 60% of the time it's been offered to me. And I wonder yeah. if, like, for the, for the signature cards, what my percentage commit versus play on On The Lamb is, like 99% yeah. to 1 or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But theoretically, On The Lamb can, can engineer you a situation where you can pick up a lot of enemies and... and take them somewhere out the way um, away from your your allies mm. um, and it, it, it allows you t- to tank attacks without like the kind of thematic connotations of being a tank and mm. um, tanks always you know it brings to mind someone heavily armored and a, sort of being impervious to attacks but you know if you imagine someone like kind of swiveling around and dodging all the attacks, that's kind of more what what infighting is. Um, the other card that that came to mind was Scout Ahead, but I, I had in my head it was you avoided attacks of opportunity. How Scout Ahead works right. is that enemies don't engage you. You just run past. You just them, run yeah. past them. Yeah, yeah. You've painted for me a really nice thematic picture here. If we compare on the lamb and infighting, yes. On the lamb is you know certainly the way I think of it is that Skids might have all sorts of people on his tail. But once he goes running, they can they can be sort of he can lead all of the enemies on a merry dance across the map yeah. away from the other investigators. Yeah. Whereas in fighting, it feels like it's almost the inverse. Yeah, exactly. It's you can one person keep them saying, "Yeah, in one place," and everyone else runs off. 
and that is that real image of being cornered as a survivor, being yeah. against all odds. I'm just naming survivor cards that, that really capture the theme here, even though I don't mean the cards. You know, survivors can be us against the world and their backs against the wall. When are we going to get backs against the wall as a survivor <laughs> card? But if, if we yeah, go back surrounded. to... If we go back to your, your example, we picked the example of uh, Doom of the Etsy a little while ago and the snake pit. When that moves into its final phase, you've got to get back through all the rooms you've been through and any enemies you've left are just sitting there waiting to engage you again, right? Yeah. And, you know, you might be in a situation where your your kind of evasion character is like, well, I'll just play elusive and I'm gone. Mm. Um, or pre-taboo anyway. Yeah. Here you might have a situation where they move into the location with all the enemies all the enemies jump on them, and then boom, infighting, everyone else can run past. Uh, and yeah. then and then next turn, you know, you play elusive or you do whatever trick to get out of the situation. So it, it's, yeah, I think like you say, it's a weird inverse of how that card, uh, of how something like on the lamp works. And what I like about the image you've just painted about infighting there is it's proactive rather than reactive. It's not, oh, we've messed up and we're suddenly going to end up with loads of enemies on us. You've got the tank character saying, no, no, I'll, I'll kick down the door. I'll go in first. I'll kill as many as I can, but I'll also protect myself in the enemy phase. I yeah. really like that as an image for it. I think, it again, it's Daniela or Yorick written all over it, where you're saying, I'll do this. You need The, the other thing that I'm thinking is you need four players, three or four players, to have that, that amount of enemies. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. You're like, oh, I'm going to slot in fighting for my solo run through Return to the Forgotten Age to block the one damage poison from the single single snake in the snake pit. I've learned so much from Drawn to the Flame. Thanks for nothing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think what we've done here, if I can be so bold as to try and sum it up, yes. is we've done a very Drawn to the Flame thing of try to look for the niches, edge cases and possibilities behind the card, which yeah. is one of the things I love the most about Arkham and doing this podcast so I'm quite glad about that I don't know if I've sold myself on it as a stellar card but I don't think that was likely but I think I have more of a sense of why people are so hesitant about it yeah and even as I do the summing up I've thought of one other thing in classic Frank way go on one this more is thing a nice in- nice standalone standalone include if you know you're playing an enemy-heavy Solario like the Blob That Ate Everything or War of the Outer Gods. Yeah. You know, at, at that, because I was thinking about justifying the XP spend and as you're going through a campaign, the three or six XP to, to take a pair of these could be really... You need to really know your campaign and know that you're going to have those sort of tanky situations. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you're playing standalone, you will know that. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Where are you at with this? I've... Um... I think I've made myself more curious to try this in a in a maybe in Daniela when I come round to playing mm. Daniela, especially if I was going standalone and could build into the the. Sorry, there's going to be a cat fight. Can you go, please? No, 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 no. Can you just go? I think maybe in a standalone where I can really build into how I would see it working. So mm. if you're taking other cards like uh, Get Behind Me and Taunt in there but, and you're able to follow that up with maybe, um, what's it called, Right Whistle mm. and on, beep, beep. on the Hunt and things like that, uh, yeah. where you're able to generate enemies and get them engaged with you, 
then you can play infighting in order to just have that that round of I'm just it's like a um like a mini storm of spirits, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah. but but Tesla, so you can just like zap, 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 zap. Yeah. I think the Aquina thing is getting me excited as well, you know. Like as an alternative to Jessica and Peter in Daniela, which seems really enticing, the idea of like this Aquina get behind me, enemies keep hitting themselves style. Yeah. 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 I want to sit down and have a think about that. So, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's made me appreciate the card's niche more. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think I'm convinced myself it's a card everyone should take. But mm. I think there probably mm. is a niche for it. And I think there's a, there's certain scenarios, uh, sorry, certain campaigns and certain scenarios where you're going to get more use out of it than not. Um, mm. And I might think twice about it in those situations now. Yeah, if I can be so bold, you've been bold be twice across across Second the time land. You've been bold. <laughs> there'll be players across the land, across the globe, who, after listening to this episode, will sit at their tables, play Arkham, and say, "You know what would be good here? Mm-hmm. That card uh, infighting." Yeah. As they get defeated by various enemies. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I haven't drawn it after putting it yeah. in my deck. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Peter and Frank. <laughs> yeah, that was a wasted three XP. Cool. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this. As ever, if you've got infighting thoughts, please, by all means, send them in. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet to us. We're drawn to the flame. You can message us on Facebook. We're also drawn to the flame there. And if you want to become a patron of the cast and get involved in the voting for next esoteric devices, join the incredible discussions we have on our Discord. Generally, you know, support the show because you love it. You can find us on Patreon. We're drawn to the flame there. Thank you so much to all our patrons for their continued wonderful support. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am Unitled everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on uh, Twitter and Discord and Reddit and a bunch of other places. Instagram as the.unitled. So yeah, just please come and say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm F-B on Twitter. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And I'm feb on instagram although i've not been on there very much at all recently and i'm zooey glass or zozo around the place so yeah likewise say hello of course love chatting about this game and many other things i'll add as well we're gonna try and do some more twitch streaming so yes together yeah. we are drawn to the flame on twitch so if you if you want to join us there see what we're playing uh, then just take a look and at the time this episode comes out if you want to see us trying inscription a new digital card game for pretty much the first time. We've done, what, an hour on the demo and the full game is out now. That will probably be on our Twitch archived streams. So if you want to go to Twitch and check that out, please do. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Ten fifteen pm Important discovery. Christopher Harold and Joseph Chipperfield, working underground at 9.45 with light, found monstrous barrel-shaped fossils of wholly unknown nature. Probably vegetable unless overgrown specimen of unknown marine radiata. Tissue evidently preserved by mineral salts. Tough as leather, but astonishing flexibility retained in places. None of us, I imagine, slept very heavily or continuously that morning for both the excitement of Mark von Minden's discovery and the mounting fury of the wind were against such a thing. 
So savage was the blast, even where we were, that we could not help wondering how much worse it was at von Minden's camp. (laughs) 